I invite you to stand again as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The gospel lesson is written in the sixth chapter of Matthew, beginning at the fifth verse. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let me tell you a story. Last summer, I was visiting my extended family in central Illinois. My time back in Illinois is centered in the rural areas and small farming communities where my relatives live. One evening, I attended a free concert in the small community of Congerville, where a bluegrass gospel band was performing. The band was quite excellent, and they interspersed their songs with a few jokes. Since those attending were primarily retired farmers and farm families, The jokes were well-crafted for the audience. Here's my favorite one. Two farm women are having a conversation. One of them asks the other, how do you prepare your chicken? The other woman says, I really don't. I just say, you're going to (laughs) die. My apologies to the vegetarians among us. Of course, for a bunch of farmers, this is just a fact of life. However, for many in the 21st century, this kind of humor is just way too blunt. We live in a society that wants everything wrapped up prettily, and those who speak candidly are just out of line. Occasionally, I encounter someone who characterizes Lutheran sermons as all fire and brimstone. Since it seems to me we mostly preach about grace, I suspect they really don't know what they're talking about. But perhaps because we say words like sin and death, it sounds too blunt to 21st century ears. So when a Lutheran pastor talks about sin or death or heaven or hell, we might as well be leaning over the pulpit shouting, you're going to die, which is, of course, true. 
Now, today we are going to talk about an essential matter of faith, prayer. For those whose prayer lives are dry and withered, there is hope. In this sermon, we'll talk about the centrality of prayer and the way to introduce a new vitality into your prayer life. We live out our faith in a sacred relationship with our Lord. So as we begin this new year, let's take some time to focus on the sacred and how we can rededicate ourselves to that relationship in 2019. A participation in a relationship is happening in prayer. Every day is a new beginning. We can know God now. We understand there's a past and a future too, but God is present in our present. So it's necessary and essential that we pray every day as we walk through this life, which is a prologue to the great life story of eternity. What we do here and now launches us into that fullness of the life to come. As we grow in faith and understanding, we long for the relationship to grow in richness. What do your daily prayers look like? Are they brief or perfunctory? If so, why do you think that is? Ask yourself, do you think your prayers do anything? You will be engaged in activities producing a result, and you will do them even if you are rushed or distracted. For example, I will brush my teeth each morning, even if I'm running late and have a million things to do. I know it's essential and that I'm accomplishing something. Healthier gums and teeth, less bad breath. No way am I skipping teeth brushing. I know what it does, and I need that. In the matter of prayer, when we have the sense that it's doing something, we see it as essential. If we don't have that sense, our prayers are short or simply skipped, because we have other things to do that we know are accomplishing something. So are you invested in prayer? Do you believe it does something on an elemental level, something that cannot be accomplished in any other way? Once you invest in the relationship through prayer with trust in faith, not rushing through it, you will tune into the understanding of how much you had been missing you will see how it works on your heart and see that something does indeed happen. Investing time in a relationship is something we experience with other people as well. Sometimes if we draw parallels with our other relationships, it helps us understand about growing our relationship with the Lord too. Think about a marriage relationship. It's actually a very biblical comparison. In scripture, Christ is presented as the groom, and the bride is the church, the body of believers. Since my husband and I celebrated our 43rd wedding anniversary this week, the topic is on my mind. 
So using this marriage relationship parallel, let me ask some questions. How many of you have been married a long time? Some folks think 30 years is a long time. Please stand if you've been married 30 years or longer. And stay standing. All right. Let's go for another decade. If you've been married 40 years or longer, stay standing. Less than 40, sit. A lot of folks still standing here at 8 o'clock. All right. Now, for the rest of you, do stay standing. Four decades. That is a long time, isn't it? And it's all been... (laughs) It's all been bliss, right? (laughs) Have you ever hit the wall and had to stick with your marriage commitment in sheer obedience? Don't answer out loud. I know you have to go home with that person. I'm going to get back to that thought in a second, but let's finish the counting on length of marriage. If you stayed married 50 years or more, stay standing. 60. Wow. Many more. Tell us, how many years? How many years? Sandra? 60? Very good. And you? 60? In the back? 65. 65. All right. And one more? 63. Oh, one more over here. How many years, Karen? 60. One more in the back? Oh, yes. How many? No, it's almost 66. That... Right, everyone can sit now. Now, here's the thing about relationships, including your relationship with God in prayer. If you quit when you hit the wall, you miss what's on the other side of the wall. You have been given the gift of faith and the opportunity to have that relationship with him but you do have the option to turn away. If you find that your inattention to the relationship with your Lord is driving you away, then you must consciously return. No one else can do it for you. You need to take the step to move closer to God in prayer. Most everyone has gone through this at some point, so please don't think you are some dreadful weirdo in the church. Be reassured that those before you who have experienced this wall of resistance to prayer have worked through it. You can level up, to use a video game's term. You can work through it with dedication. For those of you who've been married for decades, you know it takes dedication to the relationship, even in the hardest places in order to hit the next level. In our society, we are often so preoccupied, not hearing the sounds of the heart, instead passing our days in distraction to engage in the sacred relationship 
We need to force ourselves to put aside the things that are in the way. If we fail to do this, distractions rather than relationship will fill our days. So it starts with obedience. Laziness and forgetfulness are best addressed with a dose of self-discipline. When we know we should pray, but put it off for another time, that's laziness. Forgetfulness allows us to be distracted. Self-discipline means having a plan, so make a plan. Most folks pray at regular times throughout the day. For example, praying on waking before doing anything else is a great place to start. As your day begins before you even rise, give thanks for this new day, uh, another day of life, a gift from the Almighty God. Praise and thanksgiving is always a good place to start. What do you hope to do for the Lord today? Think about it. Talk about it with him. What kind of clarity do you need about what he wants for you to do? What attitude do you want to embrace as you start the journey of this day? Whose names are on your heart? People in need of comfort and healing. Do you need his insights on how to help? When we hit a wall of resistance to prayer, we need to start somewhere and then build upon that. But there needs to be some consistency as we begin anew. A plan, a schedule, one you can stick with is your springboard. Initially, you may be only investing five minutes a day or ten minutes a day in prayer. But as you see the benefits and have confidence that your prayer is doing something, then the desire to pray grows. Feel free to use both spontaneous and set prayers. I know some folks come from traditions that frown on pre-written prayers, but that's not a biblical belief. Jesus himself tells us to pray this way, and then he teaches the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a perfect way to incorporate prayer that you don't personally compose. You may also choose a favorite psalm and pray the scriptures. Pay attention to whether you've prayed and then how your day feels. Do you sense God's grace working on your heart over time? Are you feeling more connected day by day? Are you more comfortable praying more often and longer? Think about this. How well would you know someone if you spoke with him five minutes a day? Would your relationship grow deeper if you spent an hour communicating? When you make a determined effort to communicate and Open yourself up to the relationship with the Lord that leads to a healthy and strong relationship. When we speak of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we describe the Trinity as one God in three persons. Prayer is getting to know a person. Our Lord is a person. 
Being with him is the reward of prayer. We don't just go to the Lord with a list of requests. A friendship is based on love and understanding and knowing, not about using another person to get what we want. We want to be with God because it's him. When you set a time to get together with a friend, you show up. If you have a topic in mind you want to discuss, that's great. But what we really come together to do is to spend the time to enjoy the relationship, to be there together. So make a plan and stick with it. Use it to wear grooves in the rhythm of your life so that prayer naturally infuses your day. God desires you to be close to him. You are the beloved called to him. Reorient your walk so that you are walking with him in this new year.